Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hour. I am Perry Nemroff, and right now I am chatting from across the country with my co-host Haley Fouch. Hello. How you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> you know. Stuff. How's the West? How's the West Coast treating you? Well, we're on lockdown officially as of yesterday. Um, right. So, like, all non-essential businesses are closed, are asked to close, and. We're not supposed to leave the house, and it's so crazy, like, we recorded our last episode, you know, last Tuesday, and the amount of change that happened between when we recorded and when it aired on Friday, there were things that I said in the episode that no longer made sense, and now to think, like, okay, so this week's episode, how much has changed since then? It's kind of wild, yeah. Um, but we're all keeping safe and cuddling the animals. How's, how's being home? That's that's the important thing. Um, being home in New York is good. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> the, the, the amount of space here is a little tighter than I remembered it, especially after I, like, I literally didn't bring home a stitch of clothing. All I brought home in my suitcase were food essentials <laughs> that we didn't have access to here. So it's like my suitcase consisted of cat food, uh, microwavable bowls of rice and then also all of my camera equipment <laughs> so it's literally all I traveled with oh wow so yeah um in the process of of setting up a significant amount of equipment in a very small space and moving things around and trying to find outlets which I never cared about before but it's it's been an interesting trial and error process yeah at least you don't need like event clothes that's true. <laughs> you're like, I feel you're... like I've only been concerned about how I look from the waist up, which is nice. Yeah. But like, I feel like even though technically that's less work than usual, 
getting up in the morning and being able to do my hair and makeup has become more of a chore than ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a whole freaking production in the morning now. Well, I mean, are you, is it because you're doing on-camera stuff? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I still have to be camera ready. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been a full sloth, just hideous, repulsive human, living in a cocoon. Because I I've... you're a repulsive human like you. <laughs> just what I always wanted people to say to me. <laughs> you know I meant it from a loving I do, I face. do. Um, yeah, no, and, and I'll, I'll have to experience that next week apologies to our listeners i was not able to get my webcam to function this week so we're just doing audio but but next week we're gonna we're gonna be on camera and i guess i'll like brush my hair or something (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe we should just agree not to brush our hair and if we're both if we both look the same it'll be okay it'll be normalized we'll display the, the truth of true you know social distancing You'll appreciate the fact that, like, King Dewey is living the good life in his New York castle right now. Oh, I bet. I hope Lonnie isn't listening to this because he has claimed all of her baby's things. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, she's got this, uh, because, like, my parents have a room in their house now for when, whenever my sister and the baby and her husband need to sleep over. So they have, like, a crib, and Dewey likes to go in the crib, and they also have this changing table with, like, a fuzzy cloth covering, oh, and yeah. that has been Dewey's sleep spot. Well, I mean, isn't that, I'm not a doctor, doesn't that in theory help kids, like, be less sensitive to animals if they're around them early? I have absolutely no clue, but that sounds like (laughs) a sound idea to me. That's either science or just a wives' tale. I can neither confirm nor deny. I feel like I'm just going to choose to believe it's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So while we're all home sweet home, we know that we've become heavily reliant on streaming services because no movies are hitting theaters right now. And, uh, you know, companies like Netflix, Hulu, and now a bunch of distributors that didn't usually release new releases at home so quickly are you know filling our time with movies like the hunt and the invisible man and bloodshot early so today's episode is going to be all about a new netflix movie that you could stream right now and i will just tell you right out the gate this movie is so worth not even just what what's the runtime on this thing an hour and a half it's It's not even just worth an hour and 34 minutes of your time times that number by like five and i think (laughs) it's worth that too yeah i i love this movie and we've we've kind of like spoken about our our big strong feelings about it over the last year or so since the platform by the way oh yes it's called (laughs) the the platform (laughs) just gotta leave that suspense as long as possible um the platform because we both caught it at film festivals last year and so i'm excited to finally talk about it talk about it since we don't have to be so coy anymore yes i am i'm so excited so just so you guys know the beginning portion of this conversation is going to be completely spoiler free so have no fears if you have yet to see it and you're using this conversation to gauge whether or not it might be for you so uh Let's jump into a non-spoiler review, just in case you do not know what the platform is. It is about this prison-like facility that's built vertically, and there are two people assigned to each floor. And then, 
a platform descends from top to bottom. And that platform contains, like, the most beautiful assortment of food you could ever imagine. It's basically a Harry Potter feast, if you want a visualization. That's a great way to describe it. So this Harry Potter feast only is made available to each floor once a day for a matter of minutes. And the thing is, that feast is not replenished as it goes down. So it starts off in pristine condition on floor number one and then floor two gets floor one's leftovers floor three gets floor one and two's leftovers and this goes on and on for dozens and dozens of floors so basically at some point it's not even gross scraps that you're eating you're lucky if you're getting any food at all so that is what i think is a genius genius concept that is executed so so effectively yeah and it's um a very tight, easy... Well, I guess that takes a while to explain, but it feels in your brain very concise, like the idea, but they use it to explore very broad social issues. They basically turn class warfare into a little literal prison, um, you know, wherein those above have no time for those below, and those below are desperate to try to get help from above, and uh, it's an incredibly effective construct with that that doesn't get all hung up in its social themes which i appreciate they make the strong 10 times stronger they make the strong make the film 10 times stronger but it's also all the character stuff is equally as interesting it's not just a statement piece it's a very engaging genre story within this sort of big high concept execution mhm that was a that was a very accurate description there i think this movie works in so many different respects i mean if you do you know plan on just sitting down and turning your brain off and kind of want to appreciate the thrill of the concept that's definitely there and it's there in so many different uh different formats i mean you have you have actual fight sequences you have body horror you have verbal sparring there's just so many reasons for this to keep you on your toes and then you know I found it impossible not to take those ideas with you after the fact. And, you know, you touched on how it's, you know, looking up at the people above for help. And then I also really got very hung up on the idea of the fear of being above and not helping the folks below because of the fear of losing what you have above. It just it, it added a really interesting wrinkle where I think every single person on every floor, even though technically the movie is only about one individual, there's one protagonist in this movie. It's just there there are so many different angles you can come at the scenario from here. And I don't know, I just like I couldn't believe how full it felt in the end. Well, because uh, we have talked about this so many times and I've written about it so many times, I can't remember if we just said this part, but uh they do also, you wake up on a new floor every month. So in following... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I have done that before myself. In in following this one character's journey, it does force you to empathize from all perspectives. Like, you see him above, you see him below, you see him in the middle, you see him at the worst of the worst, and you, you have to essentially take a tour of all those perspectives. But you're always rooting for him. And he's not like a vile person who's going to, you know, do what we see some other characters do to the food. But he does have that fear you talk about. Well, 
I mean, we'll have to save this kind of discussion for the spoiler section, but I will say that the main character, um, Gorin, he he goes through like a, just a downright wild transformation. He has yeah. an arc that is appropriately all over the place. So you really do see him kind of, you know, tap into a whole bunch of different mind frames as he goes through this experience. So I also feel like it's really important to put a little disclaimer on this conversation because I'm realizing there's a very good chance that our viewers might be hearing like a gremlin-like sound in the background. Oh. And if you do hear that, that is our dog Wally growling at the door <laughs> because he knows Dewey is in here with me and they are not allowed to meet because oh Wally's a dick. Well, if you but guys... like there's you could probably hear it on my mic if you can't hear it through the computer, uh, through your headphones, Haley. I can't hear it right now, but I'm excited to keep an ear out. Uh, and I feel that I should give uh, an advanced warning, which is that my dogs are very big, loud, and obnoxious. And at some point, someone will drive by the window and they're going to go off. <laughs> it takes no, very so, little. So it goes. Yes. So it goes. That's our reality for a long while. And as long as, you know, we got to go through all those things to keep safe, that's what matters. Yes, bear um, with us, friends. Another major, major, major highlight of the platform are the performances. And, I, you know, we got to say these names, but I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm not going to pronounce anyone's names right, and that's terrible. Ivan, oh boy. Oh, yeah. He plays Goran. Ivan Masagwe? I is that I, I I honestly do not know. The names in this so one good. are very tough. Yes, he is fantastic. This, yeah. Um, I even like it, this, this. Just looks. It looks like such an exhausting performance. Oh my gosh! No kidding. <laughs> like I, like I, I feel for him. Well, it reminds me of like sort of the classic final girl performances in the sense that he that character gets put through every ringer, like. Mm-hmm. Same way when you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you're like, she must have been so tired by the time they stopped filming. I feel that oh, yeah. about this for him. And it's, you know, he's in every scene. He has to carry the film. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I was actually just emailing with the fine folks at Netflix who are hooking us up with an email interview with the, uh, the filmmakers who are obviously on a very different time zone. And, uh, one of the questions that I did pose to them is, you know, which he goes through so much. So of all those scenes, which was the one where they felt the neat, comfortable, supportive environment for him? So I'm curious uh, to see what, what they come back with. I'm curious. Do you know, does anybody know, did this movie have like a budget? Because it looks like it did, but it also looks like it absolutely could just be clever filmmaking and no money at all. I, I wish I knew. Yeah, I wish that was an appropriate question to ask them. <laughs> yeah. How much money did you spend on the movie? Um, I probably shouldn't have done that, even though I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> Let me go on IMDb and see if there's anything listed, even though there's a chance that it might not be accurate. But right. the production value in this movie is nothing short of mind-blowing. It looks incredible, and that's... Uh... So we saw it at the festival, so I doubt it would have had, like, a Netflix polish because I was thinking, like, maybe if it's... They bought it. Yeah, I was thinking maybe if it was super low budget, though, they can, like, go in and make the images look sharper or something, but no, I don't, I don't... I 
think they just either had more budget than I'm giving it credit for as an indie film, or they are fucking incredible at making a little money look expensive. I don't know. Part of me is thinking that they're just, they're incredible, because I, I don't know when you think about it. You have limited locations here. You could redress each of the rooms. Yes. I imagine the visual effects budget would have had to have been high to accommodate the the platform and you know the the ability to show multiple levels of the facility. But there are I there has to be like a very economical way to do this. And I'm not saying that you know to to lessen their achievement here. No, being able to pull that off and pull it off well has to be hugely challenging and i'm just saying that they do it and i just get the feeling like they pulled off so much more than they should have with so much (laughs) less than they should have had you're probably right and i don't like i don't mean to harp on the budget as if that defines a film but i think the reason like my brain is getting stuck on it is that somehow even though the whole film is stuck within this vertical establishment it does feel like a very big story it reminds me of like um let's say the endless or freaks in the sense that they're they're mm. movies that like are somewhat small in the the actual character story and where they go and what they do but the world they build feels very very big i just googled the platform budget netflix and uh 15 billion dollars came up and then i see it's <laughs> giving me com- company numbers and not yeah. Not platform. In that members, case, that, I would you know, say, what the hell? But it makes so much sense because Netflix is a streaming platform. Right. So I understand Google's getting confused right now. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, but all the, the visuals are created. Really, every single department in this. I mean, the production design is absolutely nuts. And part of the reason why this concept works so well is because the, the director, another name that I'm probably about to butcher, Galder Gus. Gastelu, you're, you're, oh no, all right, Galder, he's uh, phenomenal, Mm -hmm. because a big necessity with pulling off this concept is establishing geography, and I want to say he does that within minutes of the movie beginning. Um, It's a very, as I've learned from, like, trying to write the plot synopsis, or as we just tried to describe it. It, this, it's a simple idea that takes a lot of words, but he does it with imagery and dialogue so quickly and succinctly. It really, yeah, everything really gets across very quickly, but that's not to say that it's just a surface level concept, because as the story goes along, I can't wait to dig into this when we start getting into spoilers, but, but like new details start getting added to the equation that kind of, you know, complicate the sort like complicate how one can survive and also just like the greater implications of a social experiment happening in a building like this so it, it it's very it's very simple and high concept but there is so much detail and, and curiosities to it yeah like your use of the word survive that's another thing that's packed into all this high concept, like layered character drama and social commentary. It's also just like a really brutal, interesting survival story that I feel like I see especially why it appeals to you, Perry, because you always love the what would I do in that situation. <gasps> you knew it. Yes, exactly. And it very much poses that question. 
Oh, yeah. The the I could talk about that all day, and of course that was uh, that was one of the questions that I posed to Galder in my email. Is you know, like I didn't specifically ask what would you do, but I asked him what his item would be. So I'm curious to see what his item would be. (laughs) I could tell you, I will. I would never bring a pet into the the hole. Never, ever. What would your item be, Haley? Oh man. I don't know, because, like, I don't think I would survive. I don't think I have what it takes, so probably just, like, a book or something to enjoy until the end. Uh, I, I, You know, the the practical answer is to bring some sort of weapon, but, like, I'm not going to kill... Samurai Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to use it, right? Maybe I would. I don't think so. That's pretty bleak. Uh, what would your what, What would your item be? I mean, I'm I'm a little sad to admit it, but I I feel like it would have to be some sort of some sort of weapon. I get but it's it. like I wonder, like, can you bring a phone in? Is there any able? Is there any ability if you had a phone to communicate with the outside world? Um, I wonder if there's if there's something food related that I could bring in. Right. I feel like it's like like what if what if I requested a Costco size box of this brown rice well I guess I couldn't microwave it then but you know what I mean what if I requested like like a Costco size box full of canned beans or something and it's like I woke up let's say I woke up a high floor I'm like cool I'll just like chill with my beans for a little while and save them just in case I wake up on a shitty floor next time (laughs) I feel like they probably wouldn't allow it but I like the idea yeah Uh, (laughs) I've also thought about this way too much and gone in circles on the concept but uh but yeah it is uh it's not necessarily fun but it's a a fascinating you know experiment to to put yourself through and all to watch this lead character go through also also how have neither of us obviously yet wait say that again obviously 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 right (laughs) Yeah, ah. <laughs> it's just his. It's not even like a script thing. I think it's more than that. I think it's it's that actor's delivery that makes it so. Pr- he is so good. Oh, get, get ready for me to mispronounce another name. Yeah. Zorian Eguilior. I feel like I was closer on that than most, but I don't know if that's saying much. But he is so good. He has such presence, and I can just hear him saying that word and other things in my head over and over. And, oh, God, he is he's just got, like, next-level intensity to him. Yeah, he's a, he's a creepy little dude. And I give him credit in that, like, he's immediately creepy. And you kind of just immediately want to get away from that guy as soon as possible, which is a great setup for the character to be in. But also, as a uh-huh. viewer, you come to cherish all the time you spend with that character because he's so intriguing and unpredictable and wry and wily, obviously. <laughs> very, very, very good. I'm glad we cleared that up, yes. obviously. Um, <laughs> that really became one of my absolute favorite things. Um I mean, really, every single supporting performance in this was great, too. Um, God, I want to talk about all the spoilers. Do you want to just go into spoilers? We clearly love the movie. Actually, is there anything about the movie that you didn't like or thought could have been stronger before we move over? 
Um, well, I guess we'll talk about it in more detail, and it's not to say that I don't like it, but I do think the ending maybe skews a little poetic and thematic over resolute, which I do sometimes like a resolute ending. I think it's satisfactory, but that's like such a nitpick because I love the movie. Um, yeah, that would be my, what about you? I think I'm in the same boat, but it's, it's not, it's not a dislike that comes from moving from what was seemingly on a path to a resolute answer to something more thematic. It was more so the fact that, you know, I would say it's a little past the midpoint of the movie. Just some ideas are introduced and I don't think they come across as clear as clearly as everything we had seen prior. And That's I a good think way to that put the, it. Movie, the movie is so economical and refined and there isn't just like a wasted second of screen time that when all of a sudden you have these, you know, these, these bigger ideas that aren't developed well enough, it, it, does stand out and I'm not saying that these ideas even have a definitive answer I think that would be a very tough thing to kind of bullet point out yeah. but I wanted it to come into focus a little more than it did yeah I think we're on the same page uh with all that it's but again it's coming from a place of like I love this movie though but since you asked here's ah criticism yeah yeah and I, I mean really I I freaking love the movie. I'll just tell you right now, I wrote uh, the review for Collider.com and I gave it an A-. It's. I will be absolutely shocked if this doesn't wind up being one of my favorite genre movies of 2020 and possibly one of my favorite movies of 2020 thus far. And I know it's a weird thing to say when it's only March and we're in a very uncertain time as far as new movies coming out go, but... I, I was so obsessed with this when I saw it at the end of 2019 that I wished it were coming out sooner so I could put it on a 2019 list. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be tough to top this one for me. Uh, I I would agree. I also probably would land right around an A minus. I mean, I know we don't always make a point of grading things on the show, but in the in the spirit of agreeing with you, <laughs> which I love to do, uh, <laughs> I I would land right around there. And yeah, man. I mean, depending on how the movies shake out for this year, it could end up in the top five. Cause, hey, really? Woo! It's definitely one of my favorite movies so far. It's definitely in the top five so far, and, and I don't know how much more we're going to get, depending on how this all shakes out. Man, I wish we had a show where we could discuss that stuff further, because I have so much to say about... <laughs> everything that's going on right now um but let's move into the platform spoilers well real quick before we say goodbye to anyone who hasn't seen it just on the uh on the subject of you know like streaming horror since that's what we all are going to be doing right now i just wanted to flag a few um new or interesting titles that are streaming right now because i kind of run a lot of our streaming streaming content on collider and have a good eye on all this stuff so just real quick um pet cemetery from last year just landed on amazon prime and hulu i think like yesterday or the day before so if you didn't get a chance to catch that one which we both were a big fan of mm. uh, uh give it a watch join the debate see where you land um my one of my personal favorite movies, The Descent, is also on Amazon and Hulu. Uh, That's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Same. I adore that film. And Would you survive The Descent? No. No, those women are so much more qualified than me. 
Uh, See, but the most qualified of the bunch, like, I, I feel like I would be, I would survive because I am not leading the group, but <laughs> I am, like, just physically capable enough to, like, dig myself out of that kind of hole. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I see. I'm trying to stay hopeful. <laughs> do you also, do you, do you follow the American ending of the film or the British ending? I switch back and forth <laughs> all the time. It, like it stresses me. It stresses me out, and you could probably understand this because you know how like neat and orderly I like to be. Yeah. I despise the fact that there are two endings, and I despise <laughs> the fact that I can't just commit my brain to one or the other. Right. Uh, fair enough. I I do saw. You, do you prefer one to the other? I do. I like the original ending, and it's the one I saw first, and so then when I saw the American version afterwards, I was like, yeah, right. It just figures that the American version is what the American version exactly. is. Exactly. And that, that, that part makes me mad, but also, I mean, I guess, you know, I subscribe to that mentality, which is probably <laughs> why I like it. Right, right. I'm much more, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that's happening, but... Yeah. This is a great way to discuss it without actually giving away what the ending was. I know, no spoilers for a 15-year-old movie. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so those are available on Amazon and Hulu. So are, in case you haven't seen them, Annihilation, A Quiet Place, and those are all really good. Oh, and Overlord is also available on both, <gasps> which I love. Ooh, Overlord's a good one for me to rewatch. Maybe yeah. I will do that later. On... Actually, you know what I'm going to do later? My mom really wants to watch The Invisible Man and the Hunt. Nice. So I think we're, we just started last night, uh, Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. So I uh -huh. think we're going to watch episode two of that and then follow it up with one of those movies. Very nice. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited to see Invisible Man again, and I guess I'll probably check out Bloodshot. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I had fun with Bloodshot. So yeah, it seems like I a think, perfect quarantine. Like, just kick back, have some fun. It might be your kind of thing, too. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, real quick, if you were looking for something in the newer vein, Us, Upgrade, Happy Death Day 2, and Annabelle Comes Home are all on HBO. Escape Room is on Stars. Yes. Yes, which you know I have rewatched many times. <laughs> I've watched uh, it too many times. And if you want something more classic, Stars has, like, uh, well, Amazon has a lot of good. 80s horror but stars has a ton of hitchcock it has cronenberg it has a lot of carpenter so stars is like a super good destination for classic horror all right that's my little uh that was like a great assortment of stuff there yeah, my brief oh my god please stay sane everyone horror yeah, explainer <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm feeling it a little uh yeah i feel like I feel like I'm going, like, a little at-home stir-crazy, and the thing that's not helping is you know that I still can't uh, do my proper workouts for another two weeks. Right. So I feel like just as as far as my, you know, my personal sanity goes, not being able to work out is something that really kind of hurts me. I can only imagine. I, uh, I very much am feeling it in the sense that if I'm online, I feel terrible. When I'm at home with my pets and my family and watching movies and not paying attention to the internet, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be okay. But if I'm on Twitter or have to well, be yeah. online for work, then it's not a good scene in my brain. Twitter's not fun, but that's why we're doing things like the witching hour. Yay. So we could, we could spread some, some joy on the yes. interwebs. Uh, <laughs> if you can call the platform joy, which I kind of do and <laughs> take that for what it is, but let's get into some spoilers here. So, 
where to begin? Do you want to start by talking about the thing that we didn't like as much? Uh, so the ending? Well, I guess kind of like... You take it away. Right, you, I'll, give I'll, me your take, I'll, yeah. I'll back it up a little bit. So, um... Where I started to kind of lose my footing just a little bit is when we're introduced by um, Antonia San Juan's character, um, who is almost like like a she she takes in people to approve whether or not if they're voluntary at least they could go into the hole, and at one point. Uh, I think the name Imo Imogiri. I'm just reading that from. I I don't think they ever name the character in the movie, do they? Oh, I can't remember that. Well, that's the name on IMDb. So Imogiri and Gorn end up in in the same cell, and uh, what they're busy doing is, you know, portioning out the food and trying to encourage the people below them to only eat what's put on the plate and to create a similar plate for the group below them. And I think that that. It makes, obviously, a, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do it that time. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. The things that started to lose me a little bit were, oh, I wish I could remember the terminology they used, and it's escaping me right now. It's, you know, some something about about the description of the type of change that can occur. Mm-hmm. What, what, do you remember? You don't remember what the words were, right? I do not, know. Oh, man. But but that's where that's where it started to lose me. Where as you described earlier, it becomes like more more thematic, and you know these these ideas that that don't feel super defined. And I understand that they can't be, but that's where I started to kind of lose it a little bit. Yeah, um, I would. Yeah, that's probably that character. We're talking about yes, the woman who brings the freaking dog. Yes, um, I I can't even with that. It's just the dumbest thing. Uh, but I guess that's you know that's reinforcing her foolish belief in a system that doesn't support her. Um, yeah, she is foolish enough to believe that dog will be safe. Well, and it's it's also interesting having a character that comes from the administration perspective too. Yeah, I mean that that does add a very welcome wrinkle to the whole thing, and also she comes with answers too. Yeah, like descriptions of exactly what's going on and I still had a million other questions like when I was uh, writing out my questions for for the director you know I had also asked like what, what I, I don't know if he's actually going to give me the the black and white answers to these questions but I wanted to know you know like, what is the administration's goal mm-hmm. what is what is the administration's goal do more facilities like this exist what happens to someone when they get out do people get out <laughs> I, I've I had to contain, I was afraid because they're like, yeah, send us some email questions and we'll pass it along. And I was so afraid that I was going to come up with too many questions. Right. So I tried to pare it down. Yeah, I guess maybe that is a little bit part of what I meant in the sense that like the ending lacks firm resolutions. Um, It's not that I want all of those questions explicitly answered in the film, but I would have appreciated a sense of some of them. Um, just in the, in, I guess, depending on your read on the film, of course the answer has to be no, there is no escape. That's the whole point of the system. But, um, I, I just, 
I guess I would like more of a fusion between what you're asking, which are practicalities and the sort of thematics of like, there's no escape. This prison is a metaphor type stuff. Oh, I, I just found the line that I was thinking of. It's change never happens spontaneously. Uh huh. Which is, I, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I just don't think the movie went as far as it could really dissecting that and showing it. Right. No, I think that's fair. I mean, it, yeah, if you get too deep into exploring the questions about what exactly that means and like, uh, diving into the allegories of real world politics, it definitely raises a lot of questions. I don't know how to answer in the context of Mm -hmm. the film in terms of like, obviously part of the answer to them doing, uh, you know, the, the pair, at the end doing what they need to do involves violence and we know that that often is required to change society as well but I um, I do I do wonder I would like to revisit it uh, another time and see what I think exactly it's trying to say about that well the reason why I like I know that wasn't specifically what you were getting at but I was just kind of like backing up so like first that comes up and then we start to get into the idea of uh of that one character having a kid. Yes, that is also... And a kid, and a kid a- appearing and the kid functioning as the message. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the kid is probably my number one, like, okay, I get what you're saying, but I also could maybe prefer it said a little differently i don't know can you can you tell me how you're interpreting that i want to see if we're on the same page uh okay so i guess my interpretation of that is first of all everyone believes that there is no kid right like that's the lie they've bought into um so that in itself there being a child would force people not to believe in what they've been told about this system um, and force them to kind of assess a new, even they, they know it's a horrifying situation, but the idea of a kid is so horrific that everyone sort of writes it off. Right. So that's, Mm -hmm. that takes it to a new level to, to incite sort of like a revolution or whatever needs to happen. Also, I mean, not to be too basic, but the kid represents hope, right? Um, And I guess that's where, like, the kid represents hope is where I'm like, "Uh, okay. Well, I feel like the kid representing hope also ties back kind of to the idea of change not happening spontaneously. It's like most of the people we meet that are inmates in this facility are of a certain age or older. And it's this idea of maybe the kids serving, serving as the message, like younger generations learning from the mistakes that, that, you know, older folks made and then, you know, creating lasting change with that knowledge. So it's like, I, I did, I did obviously think that, you know, the kid didn't exist, but then I was trying to tie the kid being there at all back to the woman who believes she has a kid and goes from floor to floor. And then I was just wondering if like, was there any reason for, for that other woman to lie about who she was and the fact that she didn't have a child? Yeah. So that's something I guess where I, and, and it might require me 
revisiting and looking for smaller details more like rigorously but I loved the reveal that she's actually just a straight-up fucking psycho I loved that reveal and then at the end I wasn't sure what to believe anymore um, and maybe there are smaller hints and suggestions throughout the film that you have to keep an eye out as to whether or not she was in fact telling the truth or what the, mm -hmm. the reality is there. But, um, I guess it's like the way you feel about the descent ending. I feel caught between two beliefs and I don't prefer that. But I mean, maybe, maybe there is no answer. Maybe that's kind of the point of what they did. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I do love the idea of, like, this actress coming in and just going full tilt crazy and just making up characters and lies and slaughtering everyone. That's a fabulous character creation. I No, I do th I do think it is. I mean, we'll, hopefully we'll get an answer on this because one question that I did pose in my, in my email was, is, is the child really the woman? So I'm right. curious to know if he answers that straightforwardly or not. Yeah, I'm curious but, to find out how straightforward he'll be in his answers. Some filmmakers are really excited to talk about the world they built, and some filmmakers are like, "I said everything I want to say." Yeah, no, I know, and I understand. I understand one way or the other. Totally. I mean, it's it's his choice. I'm hoping also the fact that we're doing email communication, like, <laughs> like it'll it won't feel as bad when he's like, "No, I'm not answering that." Oh yeah, email interviews are tough. They are for special occasions. Yeah, and this this was definitely one though because I just had so many questions, and I was hoping we would make an interview happen for this one at some point. But yeah, but yeah, that th those are the elements where like my mind has kind of gone in circles. And again, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's just it's interesting to go from like a first half of the movie that's so clean and structured to all of these headier ideas. Agreed, and I do. Yeah, regarding the there is something about like the youth is the future that's a little yeah. like yeah no shit to me this just as a is a final statement to a movie i found so overwhelming is a little underwhelming yeah i get it i was also i was also thinking that you know in addition to the youth learning from you know their parents and older generations and changing the world with that mentality i i was also curious about you know is there any possibility that this child was born in that facility i was wondering that as well because like that that's also an interesting way to explore the idea of like how our current behavior impacts the kids that are born into the world that we've created for them yeah that yeah, if we just had a little more answers about what the freak this kid is, I would feel much more satisfied. I will let satisfied. you know as soon as I hear back. Like, I'm so excited to get an email back. You have no idea. Well, because I do think there's there's an interesting perspective to, like, someone who was born and raised within this would be the one to possibly change it. But that's not quite what we get, right? <laughs> like... It's an it's an inference we can make, but it's not what at least to me what the film seemed to be obviously saying on the surface was that they, this kid was born here and raised here, and so they're the person to bring hope to society because they know it inside and out. That would be a bit of a stretch from what I, the film actually says. I really need to demand that our listeners do a drinking game, and every time we say obviously, obviously. <laughs> you gotta take a sip of your drink. Oh boy, so many, <laughs> so many drinking games we could know, do. You know how everyone's doing like Netflix party stuff right now? Yes. 
So we should do a platform party and turn it into like an appropriate is is there any appropriate drinking game and a drinking game for every time he says obviously well sure that's about as appropriate as it's gonna get it should be a drinking game for when for when trimagasi and i know i'm pronouncing the names wrong don't give me a tough time about it right now just tell me the correct pronunciation so i could learn but every time he says it there's like a good drinky thing you have to do but every time (laughs) goran says it you have to like i don't know (laughs) like do something else you know what i mean take a shot I don't know. Of your like least that. favorite alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, uh, but that would be uh, fun. That might be a fun thing to do is like a Netflix party for the witching hour. I don't know. Just spitballing. Could happen, could not. We'll discuss. I'm very much down for that. Yeah. I'm just looking at my spoiler questions now to make sure that I'm not missing any other burning ideas that are in my mind right now. Yeah. I uh, feel like we hit all my major ones, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm also doing a ponder. But oh well, I could have said this in the in the non-spoiler part. But one other element of the movie that I really liked was the choice to not be able to hear the folks working above on floor zero speak. Ah, I thought that was a really interesting choice to have that one scene where they're arguing over the hair and the food. Yeah, uh, I heard a dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. The- Things are happening. (laughs) Uh, I agree. I also wanted to... So, like, I feel like the moment you hear this concept, you know know there's going to be some cannibalism involved. And I, I just thought they handled that element of it super well, not to go all the obvious directions. Like... Once they're riding the platform towards the very bottom bottoms, it looks like exactly what you would have thought the the cannibalism in the movie would be. But, you know, the scene where he's tied up and, and becoming a little, like, sashimi platter, that's, that's good stuff. That worked for me. I was very tense. And it, it's... Cannibalism is not my favorite genre of horror. So they did it in a way that didn't, like, I don't know, make me turn on the film at all. Well, it's... torture porn with purpose yeah and but it's not focused on the porn part of it like uh it's not about showing in the most explicit gross detail the violence being put upon him it's more the psychological torment of being in that position well the build of it too yeah like before there's actually like knife to skin it's just like you really gotta sit in that moment it's almost like within mere minutes you're able to fear the days that he's just left to sit there and wait for that to happen yeah it focuses on the psychology and i really appreciate that and like it doesn't focus on you know close-ups of blood dripping down their chin as they feast upon each other that kind of thing which is what i was a little worried about uh yeah yeah i i could definitely see that concern yeah I, I thought it was handled really well and in a way that, that made sense. Like, I feel like if the film had not had cannibalism, you probably as an audience member would have been like, yeah, bullshit. They would eat each other. Um, but yeah. I, I also liked that when uh, when the employee killed herself, she did so in a way that preserved her body for him. I found that very interesting. Uh, no, that's true. That was, that was definitely... Uh... An interesting choice there. It's a character uh, trait or, or, or a, a flourish or whatever you want to call it that has really endured for me. Like, I think about that character decision a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's like the ultimate selfless sacrifice in that kind of situation. 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I also I think mean, she realized she fucked up real bad. Well, she she fucked up re- realizing she fucked up real bad, but I don't know the fact that in all of the the pain that having known you fucked up to that extent caused you to still think of somebody yes. else's well being. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's just a really fascinating character stroke, and it's really stuck with me. It's like this touch of grace in this horrific scenario and a very foolish character that I wasn't liking at all that made me, I don't know, just see... It's really stuck with me. I'm not finding the correct words for it, but yeah, that really worked for me. Um, There was something else that I just thought of that I wanted to bring up, and now I got so into that that I completely forgot my point. Um... Oh, it's going to bother me when I think about it in two minutes. I need Um, to, while we're doing this remotely, have a notepad by me because, like, we can't see each other. We can't react (laughs) to each other and the thoughts just float away. I know. Um, I did really like the actor who played Baharat, the guy that uh, Gorn meets at, like, towards the end of the movie. I thought the two of them really made a great team. And it's also, like... It almost like turns into an action movie totally. towards the end in a way that really ups the energy when you fear that this concept could have run its course and become a little like a little deflated, I guess. They just really like infuse it with a good deal of, of energy. Like they give it a good third act boost. Yeah. Ugh, it's gonna bother me. I had such an such an important point to make. Oh man. See, this is what happens when I'm stuck in a house and I can't get fresh air. We're we're doing our best, kids. We're doing our best. I know. I best. feel like I'm losing it. <laughs> well, man, I'm gonna have to tell you after because, like, I can't remember for the life of me. All right. Well, we'll circle back. We'll circle All back. Right. We'll we'll have our shit together better next week. Well, I really like the score. There's another thing. The theme of oh, this movie yeah. is just like completely stuck in my head. Um, yeah, it's, it's just all around on a technical level. I really don't have any complaints about it. Like the execution is I I think technically it's, it's pretty much perfection. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, we were talking about her sacrificing herself (laughs) and then like something popped in my head. I don't know. I'm trying to think, is there any character we haven't talked about, but I don't think so. It's pretty contained. Yeah. We talked about the dog. Oh. Oh. It, it had to be a dachshund, too, didn't it? Oh, I know. It had to be an adorable little dachshund. Personal assault. Oh, that's what it felt like. <laughs> it's like, you know a movie's good when it's got that bit in it, and I still love it. I know. I... All right. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right. <laughs> I give up. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say that at the end of this conversation, I'll walk over to Wally and get some good growls into my lav for you guys, but I think he's he's given up. Ah, uh, the defeat. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like he's given up. Usually, usually the grumbling at the door lasts for about 30 minutes after I walk into the room, and then he, he gets too tired. All right. Well, better luck next time. We'll, we'll get those lav growls at the top next time so we don't All miss right. the window. Oh, oh. <laughs> A plan in advance. Maybe I should yeah. just give him the second love that I brought home. Oh, perfect. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we should say goodbye. I know. It sucks, though. <laughs> like, I know. What else can we talk about? <laughs> it, feel, it feels like a little sadder than usual. <laughs> um, 
Uh, well, I don't know. Like, there's, like, other than doom and gloom, there's nothing going on. I know. I know. It's, yeah. Right. Oh, well, I'll say this. I haven't finished it yet. I've been enjoying the second season of Kingdom on Netflix. It is the South Korean zombie show that's set in a period era with lots of grand scale fight scenes and very, very scary zombies. I think somebody on Twitter described it this way and they were so accurate. It's like, uh, basically Kingdom feels like the, the fight against the undead that Game of Thrones promised and never delivered. Because it's very much like royalty and politicking and high drama, but there's also so much zombie action. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. I think there are six episodes a season. That's That could be wrong, but I think that's correct. Not bad. Um, you know what I just finished, right? <laughs> that has nothing to do with genre. No. I am like fully obsessed with Love is Blind. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. It's so good. It was so good. I'm sure that it is. Talk about edge of your seat content. (laughs) They know exactly when to pause before someone can say I do or not. Oh, yeah, those editors. Oh, God. It was just, it was driving me nuts. Reality TV editors are quite something. They Uh, really, I I said it like a million times when I was reviewing it with, uh, with my sister. I just like, I am in awe of someone who works on a show like that and just takes, you know, like mountains and mounds of content that was collected over a matter of, I think it was six weeks in the case of this show. And then just, you know, how well crafted the whole thing is because the i'm now i'm really going off track but there was a reunion episode for the show uh-huh. and it bugged me because i think that the the show itself is so well edited and then that reunion show was not because you know there's like i don't know i think there was something like 12 people out there on the stage and i get they're trying to get sound bites and move on to the next comment but i i didn't like the fact that you could feel someone's someone's full comment being cut down into a sound bite Ah. Like, there had to have been a better way to have somebody's shortened comment flow into the next person's statement. Wow, so not not an A-plus on the editing for the reunion. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- I thought the rest of it was very well edited, and I think that concept has a whole lot of potential for future seasons. I don't, like, and I every time I say this, I have to preface it that it's not a like a hoity-toity, judgy thing. I don't watch reality TV, because I don't like it. It does not appeal to me, but... I did very much love the first season of Unreal, which made me look at it in a, in a, okay, in a, not in a different way, but just like, I never thought as much about the behind the scenes as I did after I saw Unreal. Uh, That's a show that I've been meaning to watch for a very long time. And maybe now is the time. Now is the time, especially season one. It's not as good after season one, but I still enjoy it. But season one is like, you will tear that up. How many episodes? I don't remember. It was a while ago. Let me look. 2015 uh, it started. Yes. and that... It's got Oof. 38 episodes total, and there's 10 episodes in season one. All right. That sounds correct. Um, oh, wow. I just realized I is there's a fourth season? Wow. Okay. Sure. Um. Yeah. I like, remember, like, because didn't, like, wasn't it one, was it one of those ones where, like, fans, like, really wanted to come back or something? Yeah, it looks like it went over to Hulu. Wow, I totally mm-hmm. missed Hulu, so I guess I have another season. I wonder if it's good. But that first season, especially if you're in a, like, in a mood for appreciating reality TV and the editors and the producers, ooh, 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 it's spicy. Okay. 
Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Spicy drama. I'm going to give that a go. And you will become obsessed with Constance Zimmer. So I'm already, like, pre-obsessed with Constance Zimmer (laughs) because, like, you know why, right? No. It's because someone, you know how, like, people love telling us who our celebrity doppelgangers are? Oh. Someone once said that to me with her, and I'm like, no, no. And then all of a sudden someone sent me this picture, (laughs) and it's a picture of Constance Zimmer with Ming-Na, and there, there was a real long second where I'm like, is that me? <laughs> I gotta find that picture and send it to you, but it fucked with my head for, yeah. for a good while. You should. I guess I kind of, it depends on the picture. I've Googled her right now, and there are pictures where I'm like, nope, not even a little yeah, bit. No, I know. That's why I said that. But I'm then, gonna, when, she, find this picture. when she has her bangs styled more like yours, and she smiles really big, I totally see it. <laughs> That's and the thing is, that's exactly what this picture is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like stick straight bangs and a big fucking smile on her face, and I swore it was me for a second. Any other expression, I don't see it at all. It's the smile. It's a hundred percent the smile. Yeah, you. I, I just like I can't cute. handle it. Very cute. <laughs> I'm gonna send that to you, and maybe I'll like share it on on Twitter or something for our, all of our listeners to check out and Yay. be amused by. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to keep dishing out random stuff for you guys to look at because we all got time. Oh, we got time. That we do. Um, all right. I guess we should say goodbye. Mm. Haley, where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Letterboxd at Haley Fouch. And you can find me on Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at P. Nemiroff. Uh, again, I just I hope you guys are all staying safe. I hope you're all healthy and being with everything that's going on right now. And we are here to entertain. So stay tuned for many, many more episodes to come. But for now, you have officially survived the witching hour. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.